Well, I'm uh, going to teach you on how to be led by the Spirit of God, and um, I'm really excited about this information. I want to just tell you right up front um, that God has designed and, in fact, wired you and me to be able to know His voice and to be able to hear from Him. And uh, so I just want to get that out of the way. I want to say, on the other hand, before we were saved, the Bible says we were dead in our trespasses and sins, and we were then forced to rely strictly on our cognitive skills, our thinking faculties, and our, our sensory input, and we were also subject to deception. In fact, I want to go to Ephesians, the second chapter, and read the first couple of verses, which describes past and present uh, past of who we, where we were and, uh, and uh, we were stuck, it says in, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, uh, he says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Uh, now in the King James Version, it has an interesting interpretation of that same verse. Uh, if you look up Ephesians 2, 1, if you could pull it up in the King James uh, on the computer back there and get it up on the screen... It says, this starts out with, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Now, uh, Ephesians 2.1 in the King James says, and you, he made alive who were dead in your trespasses and sins. And um, he has quickened uh, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Let's go back to verse 1. It says, and you hath he quickened. Um, So I love that. We've been quickened. We've been made alive. Um, but in either, either of the translations, uh, that w- before Jesus came into our lives, the Bible says we are dead in our trespasses and sins. And, um, but as part and parcel of the new birth, when, when we're born of the Spirit, I just saw my little granddaughter, and she has characteristics. as She's a little human being, of course. And we had all five of our grandchildren at our house last night. And I think every toy from the toy box was strewn all over the floor. You couldn't see any carpet. And uh, they were screaming and laughing and doing the things kids do. And um, actually, Evangeline, oh, before she was six months old, said my name, Papa. It got quiet in here. Nobody believes me. She was saying, Papa, Papa, Papa. So I took it as Papa, right? That's her first word, was my grandpa name. Thanks for humoring me, guys. Um, but yeah, they, they mimic, they learn, and they're, they're, there's, a, there's on the human level, on the natural level, we're, we learn and we grow and we develop, right? And when Jesus spoke to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, he said, you must be born again. You must be born from above. And he made an interesting Delineation. He said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. So Paul, the writer of Ephesians, is acknowledging the spiritual birth and how lost the Ephesians were before they came to know Jesus, okay? So I'm going to just lay this essential foundation back down that you already know, but I'm going to tell you to repeat it, so I'm laying the foundation you were dead in your trespasses and sins, Ephesians 2, 1. And then 2, it says, in which you formerly walked, look at this, according to the course of this world. The world has its own course. It's actually on a collision course with hell. And it's, uh, it's grave, the situation and the circumstance of the spirit of the world. He said, according to the prince of the power of the air. Now, that's a def- uh, definition for Lucifer or, the, or, or uh, Satan of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. So that's intense right there. Before I got saved, you know, November marks my 50th year of having been saved and spirit-filled as a teenager in Southern California. And I can't tell you how appreciative I am that God's been so faithful to me now for half a century. And I got saved when I was six days old, so that just kind of tells you my age. But... The contrast is so glaring to me that it's as fresh today as it was then. I was dead in my trespasses and sins. I was lost, and now I'm found. I was blind, and now I see. And 
with the new birth, I got delivered and transferred, it says in Colossians 1.13, from the domain of darkness, and I've been planted and transplanted into the kingdom of his dear son. So this is essentially what I want to bring over to you today, that um, we were dead, and now look what it says of the rest of this. We might as well read Ephesians chapter 2 a little bit, because it really tells the tale and uh, it, it opens up to just how wonderful it is to be uh, ha- having experienced Jesus. It says, uh, Among them we too formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind. That was our habit. That was our, that was our, our, our tendency. And were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God. Everybody say, but God. Being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. That describes the new birth. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, verse 3, you must be born again. He says, by grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not by works, lest any man should boast. So my 50 years is really just an acknowledgement of how faithful God has been to me, lost and empty and dead in my sins and and Jesus turned the lights on, and I'm just grateful. And I want that to spread in our generation. John 10, Jesus talked about there's only one way, and uh, every other uh, approach is a lie. Um, so that's very narrow, but it's a narrow path. And then he says in uh, these verses, my sheep know my voice. He says in verse 5, uh, my sheep follow, in verse 4, his sheep follow his voice because they know his voice. A stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. There's so many voices right now. It's not just white noise, it's intentional. It's the prince and power of the air that's barraging people with all kinds of of, uh, twists and turns. And we have got to sharpen our discernment skills Uh, We need to have a moment right now where just right up front, I want to tell you, just part and parcel of the new birth, God downloads the ability to hear from him because we become alive spiritually. And when my little grandbabies were born, they could hear, they could cry, they yearned for milk, they... They, they enjoy the nurture and the touch and, the, and they respond and, you know, they, they watch your mouth and they, they you know, you, you hear them respond. I mean, little Harmony, uh, she, she's already trying to respond when she talks to her grandparents and, she, and, and to, you see her just, uh, you know, coming up as a little human being. You know, I just met a little girl named Naomi and uh, she's just looking at me like, so she's already, she's already like, I don't know you. You know, she's a little bitty little kid, you know. And her mom and dad were introducing her to me, and she's like, and she's looking at them, and it's like, good, you know, have some discernment. And um, you'll get used to me eventually. But, you know, the, the thing I want to say to you is my sheep know my voice. Back in the 60s, my mom and dad gave me a brand-new, shiny transistor radio. And it had a little dial on it. It was only AM uh, signal. It had a, an antenna that you had to pull out. It took a 9-volt volt battery. And um, I just loved that thing because I could, I could turn it on and tune it in, and get through the static, and actually find a, a local station and hear the music of my choice. You know? So I would listen to it while I was... Uh, my wife and I talked about it. We, she had one, too. And, and it just... I was fascinated by the technology that the designers of, of radios uh, created a mechanism that can detect and pick up and, and amplify back uh, radio signals. Isn't it amazing that there are radio signals going through this room right now? And it's, e- it's even more amazing 
that our Heavenly Father is a talking God and that His Spirit, His Holy Spirit, speaks to our spirit. It says in Romans 8, 14, For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So what you could, you could flip this and say, men and women who have been saved, who have become children of God, can and will be led by the Spirit of God. Okay? And in Proverbs 20, verse 27, it says it in the Old Testament this way. It says, The Spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord searching all the innermost parts of his being. I will say this. With at, at, how many of you have gotten saved? Let me see your hands if you've given your life to Jesus. Okay, then, then just keep holding it up because you're you remind me of that transistor radio I had in the 60s that I could pick up the pop songs that I wanted to enjoy. And I want to just tell you, God is signaling to you. His spirit is, is, is communicating information to us. Put, you could put your hands down. This Bible is the written will of God, and it is the standard. This is uh, the, the testing ground uh, that determines everything else. So God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, and it is, it's without, there, there's no substitute for it. And uh, it, we have to test everything in light of the word of God, okay? But I also want to tell you, we have a speaking God, and he speaks to us, uh, in fact, it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 16, that concerning salvation in our lives, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit. And this is really the main thing I want to get over to you today. His Spirit is trying to testify with our spirit. What does that mean? Another uh, translation says, His Spirit bears witness with our spirit. So God, according to Proverbs chapter 20, uh, God speaks to us by the Spirit. So this, for example, is why I threw away my Ouija board. I no longer read horoscopes. I didn't have to consult with psychics. In fact, I realized that was a, a poor substitute for what I'm talking about today. The Holy Spirit is holy, and he's the Spirit of God. And he actually is going to give reliable uh, information. In fact, Here's what Jesus said about our precious Holy Spirit. John 14, 16, he said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. That is amazing. Verse 26 of the same chapter, says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. So see, the Holy Spirit is going to always confirm the word of God. It's never, he's never going against the word of God. So somebody comes along and says, I've got information beyond the Bible. I've gone beyond the Bible. Well, then they've gone too far. As God's word is the lamp to our feet, and it's the standard, it's the plumb line, it's the compass needle, it's, it's, our, it's our everything, right? And then also, he will take from Jesus and he'll reveal to us. He, in fact, um, always brings attention to Jesus. He doesn't even bring attention to himself. This is the feature of the Holy Spirit. But he, in fact, his, the Holy Spirit is available to us. And I love the Old Testament, but I, I want to tell you, um, uh, don't idealize Old Testament experiences. Recently, a uh, sweet couple in the church, had the, 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 dad, the, the man had a job opportunity and asked us to pray for them. So we began to seek the Lord about it and pray. And the wife said something interesting. She said they, they had gone on a vacation and they felt like everywhere they went, it was just one kind of amazing feature after the other. The, the Holy Spirit was leading them and these magnificent little gestures, one after the other, everywhere they went, you know, on a train or at the certain restaurant. And, and, uh, and she said, so why in such a big decision don't we have those kinds of things? She says, I just want a burning bush experience like Moses. And we all laughed. She was being somewhat facetious, but she was, she was saying, I just, can, can I just get just a, you know, kind of a, a, a bit of an Old Testament kind of help, like, like, like uh, 
when Moses took his shoes off and saw a bush that burned, but it didn't burn, right? And we like, oh, I wish I had one of those. And my wife said, God wants, because God wants us to grow up. God wants us to grow up. And we'll, you know, early in our Christian life, we'll get some of those kind of amazing uh, clarifications, but, but more often than not, the primary way God leads us is by what I would call the inward witness. I was taught this when I was a young Christian, and it has been proven, tried, and true for decades. And um, his spirit seeks to bear witness with our spirit. And I think about how many of you drove a car here or you're in a car and you went through traffic lights. What were the colors of the traffic lights? Green is for go. Yellow is proceed with caution. Red is stop, right? Okay, so let's use that as an example. Um, we were taught that, it, you know, if, unless you get a red light, just proceed. And, um, you know, because Jesus is our yes and amen, and it doesn't mean he advocates everything we do, but he's basically saying, uh, you know, get up off your couch and, and get moving. And it's funny because I was talking, uh, you know, reality TV, we sit and we watch people weaving baskets in the woods, and, 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 it's, it's in, and then we go to bed and, we, and we're, we're, we're watching, it's artificial, we're watching other people live life. And in fact, uh, um, Allie McNew, she said that she was, uh, her husband said, hey, why don't we go outside and walk around a little bit? She goes, no, I can't, because she was watching the uh, Alone program where they were actually weaving a basket to catch fish. And so she had to, I need to learn this stuff. And he was saying, well, let's go do it, you know. So I thought that was funny, and, and it was really funny in the last service. But anyway, <laughs> you guys got to help me out a little bit. Because God actually wants us to get out in the flow and be led by the Holy Spirit. And I just want to advocate, what I'm advocating is available to every believer. He said, Joel prophesied in the Old Testament that there was coming a time where the Holy Spirit would be poured out on all flesh. There, it was intermittent, arbitrary, and random in the Old Testament. We did see examples like Elijah would have God give a glaring directive to him. Or, like I said about Moses with the burning bush. Or Daniel and, and writing on a wall, you know, for this king. And, you know, and, and the, the world is so hungry and yearning for the supernatural. And because, I believe it's because we are created to be spiritual beings. Not just natural beings, not just animal type beings. God has made us in his image and, and he's made us in his likeness. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And uh, uh, two places in the New Testament it, uh, talk about our human condition as spirit, soul, and body. This is huge. Uh, it says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, that the Word of God is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. And it, it brings distinction or pierces the, the, as far as the division. Look at this of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and judges the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. That's describing spirit, soul, and body, and the distinction between them. Now, look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and uh, there, it, in, toward the end, I, I think, I don't remember which verse it is, but uh, the, it talks about, may the Lord sanctify you entirely, verse 23, and, and himself, and may your whole spirit and soul and body, say spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body be preserved complete without blame to the coming of the Lord Jesus. So listen, I wanna, the, Holy, the word of God brings distinction between spirit, soul, and body, but then God will sanctify us entirely spirit, soul, and body, and he actually wants us to have a holistic exper human experience uh, with the 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 enhancement and benefit and exhilaration of the new birth where we were dead. In, and this makes sense that people would go with paranormal stuff, psych, psychics and all that stuff, because it's a substitute. If you're dead spiritually, you're not being led by the Spirit. So you're, you're looking for something in other ways. But man, we're not to do that any longer as Jesus followers. And in fact, we're to develop and cultivate sensitivity to 
and obedience to and an awareness of the subtle promptings but yet real directives of the Holy Spirit. Soak that up. This is exciting. It is. Yeah. This is exciting stuff. This is where the adventure is. Look, I got lost at sea in New Zealand spearfishing. I, I had a boat wreck where I had to be helicoptered and was rescued by the U.S. Coast Guard. I fell off not one but two cliffs growing up. I stepped on not one but two rattlesnakes growing up. Uh, you know, I, 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 I've been bitten by a poisonous spider. I, you know, I've been, I OD'd. I mean, I could go on and on and on and on of all the crazy stuff I did. You would think I, I flipped off the handlebars off so many motorcycles that I retired from a motorcycle career before I had a license to drive because I had enough sense that this wasn't good for me. I stopped drinking before I was legal age to drink because I realized I was not cut out for this behavior. You would think I'm like an adrenaline junkie, but I'm not. But I am hungry for adventure, and I am on a crusade against monotony. But not where I'm going to put a bunch of hype in it. This, in fact, is the big adventure. This, what I'm describing to you is where the action is, okay? Just my sheep know my voice. And the voice of a stranger they will not follow. Isn't that a help to you? With all these voices coming at us, telling us how to think, and what, what you know, it, it, it's like, it's so good to know we can run to the Lord and he'll give us guidance. He'll show us what his commands are, what his likes and his preferences are, what, his, what he wants us to flee from. He'll, you know, the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And the Holy Spirit, he's such a good, he's such a helper that in the Amplified translation, the translator itemizes uh, seven variables uh, describing the the parakletos, the helper. Uh, Jesus said, it's good that I go. He said in John 16, 7, it is to your advantage that I go away. He said, it's to your advantage that I go away. He says, because... I, if I do not go away, the comforter, the counselor, look at this, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby, oh boy, will not come to you uh, uh, into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, which since, did you know he died, rose again, and he did go away, and he ascended, I will send him to be in close fellowship with you. We have the Holy Spirit. So I don't, I don't even idealize the burning bush. That was Moses' thing. That's a one-off. It's not happening anymore. But I'll, I'll tell you what is happening. The, the, a voice speaking into our spirit saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. In small, medium, and large decisions. In, in micro, medium, and major responsibilities. We can go into this and say, God, okay. Just like the transistor radio Pastor Jeff had and Pastor Patsy had when they were kids. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And by design, as a human, I have ears, I have a brain. In my natural uh, limitation, human existence is awesome, except there's a sin problem. So what's even just so great is Jesus comes along to redeem our lives from the pit. And those who walked in darkness shall see a great light. And the entrance of his word gives light and it gives understanding to the simple. And he's a quickening spirit and he comes and makes us alive together with him. He raises us up to be sensitized to him. And as it says in the Amplified Version, he comes to have close fellowship with us. In in Revelation 3, to the church at Laodicea, he says, I stand at the door and knock and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, he said, I'll come in and I'll dine with him and, and him with me. And it, it, it delivers us from a blasé, mediocre existence. It takes us and transfers us out of just religiosity where we're just, we're just going through religious routine and cold formalism and dreariness. Heck no, man. Jesus came to give us life and give it in abundance. Supernatural existence. But I'll tell you what, a lot of Christians get into hype and they, they, they're, they're looking so much for the sensational that they often miss the supernatural. And I'm telling you, what I'm preaching is somewhat subtle, really. A prompting of the Spirit is different than the burning bush outward manifestation. The Bible says it's a crooked and perverse generation that seeks after signs. So I'm very wary of outward sensory evidence. I, I appreciate 
In the Psalms, it talks about tokens of thy good, and I've had plenty of them. I don't downplay the fact that God manifests himself on all fronts. I know he does because in Romans chapter 1, creation declares the glory of God, okay? But that's the lowest form of his revelation. He would prefer that we be developing and maturing uh, sensitivity to his spirit and sensibility concerning what is biblical and what is not biblical and how to discern and trusting him so we could differentiate and, and, and not follow the voice of a stranger. I just saw a video there for some reason obsessed on crazy cult leaders and people that did stupid things and they, they'll show documentary after documentary on it. Maybe it's a cautionary tale. I think it's sad they uh, turn the camera and the attention to that. We ought to turn the camera and attention to how to avoid that and be delivered from that stuff and be able to discern and walk away from deceivers and false uh, prophets and so forth. The Holy Spirit, in fact, will help us. You guys, the people that watch out for counterfeit the currency, I'm told they study more the real thing so they can detect the false thing. They don't study false things as much. I remember a guy that came to me and had been studying so much on cults that he started to question his own conclusions and his own theology, and it got him in unbelief. Sometimes discernment ministries get people so preoccupied with trying to sniff out falsehood that they, they, they get apprehensive about it and just get overly overly steered into that direction. I say the good shepherd comes in and causes a new birth and triggers an ability for us to be able to discern good from evil and to be able to distinguish what is God's voice and what's a false voice. It's awesome. It's, it, it's, it's part and parcel. It's a result of the new birth. If anyone's in Christ, there's a new creation. As a new creation, all these th things are for God, including uh, the ability uh, to hear from him. I, as I said in Romans 8.14, again, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Or the sons and daughters of God can and will be led by the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, it's exciting. We can be led like as to where we should go have lunch. This happened to us just as recently as a few days ago. Uh, we prayed about it. You know, part of it is what, what are we hungry for and that kind of, God includes all, it's, God's holistic, you know, but we, well, where do you think you should go? I don't, I, and I, we would defer, often as we do, we defer to each other, well, what would you like, what would you like? And we work through that and so as not to be imposing, you know, I don't really want that, but you do, so, so we work it out and then, uh, but yet, what would you have us do, Lord? Right? Right? Like, God, your will be done it is, a, is like a really important cornerstone of our everything. It's like, God, don't you want God's will in your life? I'm telling you, we, if we follow it, it's going to be God, because God has great plans for us. God has designed us to have a high achievement and, and to have opportunities where uh, fruit is birthed. You know, look, he wants us to bear fruit. Don't you know that he is like fanning the flames of that? He wants us to, to be in a magnificent place of, of, being, uh, of being surrounded with favor and, and being in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing right. Does that appeal to any of you? I've missed it so many times. I have overridden this. I have allowed pressure to come on me, opportunity. I've allowed people to talk, brutish, bully-type people to talk me into things. And every time I've done that, I've regretted it. That's right. uh, on the other hand, I've never one time regretted following the subtle promptings of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You follow the Holy Spirit, and you're going to be just, it, it's going to be remarkable, the outcomes. You'll, you'll, it'll, at work. I know guys in church that have saved their corporations millions of dollars. I know people that saved, one guy saved 35 jobs with a decision that God had prompted him and gave him. Uh, I, I know people in the medical uh, field that God is, has, the help of the Holy Spirit has come and made and given a massive boost to a, to a normal situation. It went into the supernatural. 
I want to pastor supernaturally. I want to be a husband supernaturally. I want to be a, I want to supernaturally parent. I want to supernaturally be a citizen of the United States and walk and navigate through the crazy minefield we're currently in that Ephesians 2 says is governed by the God of this world and that it's a course of this world and it, that the, there's a spirit that works on the sons of disobedience. We don't have time to read it, but 1 Corinthians chapter 2, read the whole thing. Because it says, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit that comes from God. Why? So that we may free, know the things that are freely given to us by God. And I want you to know today that when you and I are born again, we have an internal capacity to know the master's voice. And, and, I'm, and I'm not advocating spooky because some people have spookiness or mental problems or, or, or whatever. And, and I'm not advocating like I hear voices and I'm kind of, you know, moving around and some, I, I've had to pastor that and help people with that. I'm not, that's a separate, separate deal. That's a malady from uh, uh, chemical imbalances or, mental, you know, being hit in the head or whatever. Um, but, I, but, but on the other hand, just because that kind of stuff happens, I talked to a psychiatrist a few days ago about, about people that battle schizophrenia. And I have friends that have gone through schizophrenia and they remember and, and, I lo- and, and, and where they've heard voices and there are religious things that happen in their heads and it's a devil playing with them. And I fought in the good fight of faith and stood with them and, and I see them doing great and it's a blessing. So I, I am ad, I'm feeling admonished to bring a little clarification here. So what I am advocating is actually biblically normal. I'll just say it's a norm of the scripture. And uh, I was y- yesterday preparing my message, and I, I, I went on a side journey, and I thought about this stand-up comedian that mocked Christianity, and I thought, wow. So I looked him up. And I was looking at him, and then I, I saw he's married. So I looked at his, who he's married to, and then I saw she wrote a book. And then I saw that she had an interview, and it was a book about how you can trust your intuition and your, uh, your, your thinking processes. And I listened to her, and she's coming from a bias where it's totally ignoring God, and she's advocating. And I think part of it, I get it, that there's intuition in humanity because we're made in God's image, and even fallen humanity has vestiges of those things provisions, but they're not reliable without the new birth and without Jesus. You can't, I, you, I couldn't trust my conscience or let my conscience be my guide if I was as a Christian in sin, because it would, it would maladjust and warp my perceptions. Does that make sense? I would, I would be searing my conscience. That's what it, so when people say, let your conscience be your guide, and then she went off and named off a bunch of social things that go right against the word of God, and I thought, wow, so she's telling everybody that you can rely on your first impression and that yet she's saying things that are absolutely against what God's commands are. I thought, wait a minute, this is not a reli- this, I wouldn't read that book. I wouldn't, and I wouldn't accept that, that, that admonition. Um, but but, what I, but I, I trust that when Paul the Apostle says that, this, the, that we, the people that are being led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. We don't have time to read this, but in Acts chapter 16, Paul himself, who had experienced the new birth, remember, he was very educated. I would say he was very cerebral. Hebrew of Hebrews, Benjamite Jew, Roman citizen. Uh, I think he came from an uh, upper middle class uh, socioeconomic level, the impression I get. But he says he counted all the pedigree as nothing in view of the excellency of the knowledge of knowing Jesus. And, and that, that he said uh, in Acts chapter 16, he had a burden for what is now modern-day Turkey. And it was, it was called Asia Minor at the time of the writing of the Bible in that geography. And he had a passion for this people group because he was called to go to the Gentiles and bring the gospel out of the context of the Jews into the non-Jews. And, um, but yet it wasn't God's timing. And he tried to go into a place called Bithynia, and the spirit of Jesus had forbidden him. So this is a model of being led by the Holy Spirit. And it was Paul the Apostle getting a sense and, and feeling a call to do a certain thing, but it just wasn't the right timing. And so then he took a nap. 
And when he took a nap, he had a dream. And God spoke to him through visions and dreams, which is by no means the constant. That was a, that was a rarity. You only saw that on a couple of occasions in Paul. The main way God speaks to us is his spirit bearing witness with our spirit, kind of like what is said about Elijah, that still small voice. Remember when Elijah was on Mount Carmel and had, that, um, had to purge uh, the uh, Judaism of the Baal worship that was coming in, that blending. And um, he called fire down on Mount Carmel. But then, uh, then Jezebel said, you know, uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you're going to die. And it, it's put fear in Elijah. Elijah got hit with a spirit of fear. So he hid under a juniper tree and got depressed and he wanted to die. But the, and the Lord started to tend to him. He fell asleep and, and he woke up and and uh, God sent angels to minister to him. And, and he said, eat a little bit, drink this, and go to sleep, and rest, and get nutrients, and get taken care of, and get back on your feet. And then illustrious things happen. Uh, earthquake, winds, uh, you know, all these kinds of stuff going on. that God had actually spoken to him in a whirlwind and, and, and fire and stuff like that. But God was trying to move him past imp- those, those sensational impressions And it ended up being a still, small voice. I think the same thing about all of us today. What is God saying to us? How how should we live? How how can we discern today, Lord? There's so many voices. There's There's so much more concentration of Christian television and things on the internet, even good godly teachers and yet and then false and then we spurious motives and then the spirit of the world and all the cultic things and all the conflicts and doctrines of demons. It's like, help! Well, here's the help. God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Here's the help. Those that are born of God are led by the Holy Spirit. He said, my sheep know my voice and the voice of a stranger they're not inclined toward. In fact, can I just say that red light, green light, yellow light? Have you ever had a, like a, a we call it a check, the, in my verbiage, a check in your spirit. It's like, have you ever, have you ever sensed that? Yeah. Anybody, have you ever sensed like, you, you're getting ready to do something, it's like, ah. Uh, or, or you, you know, you pray about something and it's like, like, like recently somebody said, what, what do you get in your spirit? This is the conversation that you have. Well, I don't, I don't have a check in my spirit because you, you don't want to come in and endorse it yet. But you're saying, at this point, as I'm praying, what, I'm discerning that things are okay here, you know. Uh, isn't it interesting? Like during the flood of 93, I had to have discernment just so forefront, like I had to make so many decisions. And like I learned to promise little and deliver much. I, I learned not to over-obligate. I learned to guard myself and not overcommit, because the times that I have prematurely made commitments, it, you know, Abraham swore to his own hurt. Like once you make a commitment, you got to follow through on it, right? To be true to your word, because God's a just God and He wants us to be true to our word. So, um, be, we we God doesn't want us to hesitate to the point where we never make a decision and be indecisive and he doesn't want us to lunge where we increase the potential to miss God oh this is good teaching what I'm giving you we know the master's voice okay this is what's awesome even if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit every Christian has the Holy Spirit and this is why denominational Christians that don't even believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit get Tremendous leading from the Holy Spirit because guess what? He's poured out on all flesh and he's available. And so I don't need to go to psychic stuff. I don't need to read my horoscope. I, I don't want, because I know those are counterfeits and the devil can play in those zones. And this is why as a Christian, I don't base much on outward signs. I've had wonderful confirmations. I've seen things that it's like, wow, look at this happened and this happened and this happened. But I'm not to be uh, moving on the basis of outward signs. That's actually the devil's territory. He can manipulate in those areas. So some of them are good. Some of them may be suspicious. So it's like, and the good news is that's not the basis of our decision making. The basis of our decision making is, God, is it in God's word? Does it line up with God? Does it bear witness in my spirit? Right? And, 
and, and that is a safe and beautiful place. Number one, realize you are a spiritual being. And, make, and understand that there is distinction between spirit, soul, and body. Let me say something about soulishness and spirituality. Uh, the soul, that's our mind, our emotions, and our will. And it's a beautiful thing. And we need to, our souls need to be saved. Our mind, our emotions, and our will need to be renewed. When I first got born again, my soul still needed, it's still being, I'm 50 years in, but my mind needs to be renewed like yours does for the rest of my life on this earth because of a, the flawed, fallen nature of man, ate, eating the fruit of the tree, the knowledge of good and evil, and all that. So, and all that's trying to come at us we, we need to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. However, when I got saved instantly, I was born afresh, made righteous, declared pure before God, and I am a new creature in Christ, and I'm seated in, with Christ in heavenly places, and he's given me authority, and I am more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. And so the Holy Spirit also, and I've got to keep my flesh under. My wife was in a drama troupe, uh, called Creative Word Players. And in our Bible school, they asked, they heard about it, and they asked them to do a play in the school, and it depicted spirit, soul, and body. And um, it was wonderful because it, it, it showed the contrasts of the three aspects. And the guy that played the part of the body, he just wanted to eat a banana, and he just wanted to be selfish and just do his own impulsive thing. The, the person that played the part of the mind was trying to analyze things and try to work things. And, and, but then the, the person that played the spirit, um, it showed the connection with God and, and, and the rightness of, the, of that. And, 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 and if, you, if you sow to your flesh, you reap decay. If you sow to your spirit, you reap life everlasting. And I'm convinced that if we feed our spirit, it will gain the ascendancy in our existence and will be, uh, spirit will be, will be maturing as Christians. And uh, listen, I'm not anti-intellectual. We need to study and learn and grow in our thinking. But Proverbs 3 exhorts us not to lean on our own understanding. Nowhere in the New Testament does God advocate that Christians dumb things down. Yet, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul said... He intentionally determined to keep things simple. I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. He said, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. He said, and my message and my preaching were not, were not in persuasive, heady, uh, bunch of show-off terms of words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power. So you might have an intellectual aptitude. You're going to have to humble yourself and crucify some of this. Paul was a genius. Paul was way out there. I'm sure his vocabulary, he could speak Hebrew, he could speak Aramaic, he could speak Greek. He was philosophical. He was, he was, he was a man of amazing depth and breadth. And he goes to the Corinthians, which is a cosmopolitan region, much like where I was born in San Francisco, a port town, all high, you know, such a, a, a eclectic kind of thing. And, you know, with the tendencies of, of Babylon, you know, the, the, the Roman Empire was very Babylonian. Like, we don't need God. We've got our own thing. We can appease it with our own way. This is the spirit of the age. And Paul said to the Corinthians, man, I don't want your faith to rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. And, and then he talks in the whole chapter about we have received the spirit. The world can't receive it because it doesn't see him or, or know him. He says, but you, but you have... You have the Holy Spirit. Can I just pause and just say thank you, Jesus? Because this is where the action is, you guys. I retired from free diving, and I'm okay with it. Uh, I was talking to Peter Vandenberg, uh, Reinhard Bonnke's uh, second-in-command years ago, and he told me how he broke his neck hang gliding. And then he said, hey, you would love it. You want to go hang gliding with me? I thought, no. You just said you broke your neck, Peter. I don't think I'm up for that. But I'll tell you, you're not going to break your neck obeying the leadership of the Holy Spirit. You're not going to get lost at sea if you follow the witness of the Holy Spirit. You say, well, Paul got lost at sea and he was following the Holy Spirit. Well, God brought him back on the shore, right? 
And, and there were people that were trying to put, impose on him, and he had to fight his way through all the imposition, and, and yet he prevailed anyway, the last chapters of Acts, right? And that's where we all are. That, we're that generation. We're the last chapters of Acts, like pr- triumphing in the end-time church, right? I'm so excited. Come on, you got to help me out here. This is thrilling. That you, are you telling me, Pastor Jeff, that I actually have a capacity to follow the Holy Spirit? Yes, you, it's called your recreated human spirit. And what, you know, this is what we've got to avoid. We've got to stay out of sin. We have to lay aside weights and encumbrances and the sin that so easily besets us. I love what Addison said. You know, each day has enough trouble of its own. And she, you know, she didn't tell you this, but when she was calming her, her son, Trent, little three-year-old Trent down, is because Papa was trimming his toenails. And he was freaking out. And I'm gentle, man. I know what I'm doing. I've been trimming toenails for, I'm a pro at this point. Kids and now grandkids. And I had to grab his little pork chop foot and it kept moving everywhere and I had to hold it. And it was making him panic, you know. So his mom said, just take a deep breath. And then it was like, tick, clip, 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 clip. And later on, she was going through some stresses because she's got a lot of responsibilities through the holidays. Two kids, diapers, all that stuff. You moms know. We men think we know, but it's a, it's a big deal. And, uh, and I, I, Trent was sitting next to me, and he goes, Mom, I'm going to pray for you. You know, so we're, we're all learning, right? Yeah. We're all learning. Uh, yeah, and we're, we're learning today that, like, even Paul, I think San Francisco could be saved not by sophistication, not by fancy, learned scholarliness, but by the essential presence of the Holy Spirit. God moved Friday night, we just celebrated with Paul Clark about our experiences in the Jesus movement. My wife was in college. She felt in her heart, there's got to be something more. God was putting a hunger in her. And she was being touched by God the same time I was, totally different places, as was Paul, as were so many. And uh, I liked what Paul said, too. People want a repeat of the, of the Jesus movement. I've studied revivals with Finney and Wesley and all these different revivals, and God has instructed me, it's going to be different every time. And even recently, there was some revival here in America, and the Lord instructed me not to go to it. So I didn't go to it, because he wanted me to be ready for the unique thing that he has in our particular geography for our particular time. And instead of running to learn revival so we can take revival lessons and get all wound up, and again, get obsessed with the sensational and miss the supernatural. My wife said something to me that I thought was a prophetic point. She felt like part of what's going to happen is people are going to become more interested in salvation and more open and receptive to getting saved. So that's different from having really amazing, energized services with four hours of singing and running on, you laughing and falling down and having miracles. We'll have those kinds of things as the Holy Spirit leads. I'm open to it. But I'm interested in seeing people not go to hell. I'm interested in seeing Christians grow up. I'm not interested in little havens where we just get all uh, titillated with ourselves. I'm, I'm interested in seeing this translate into a harvest of the lost and a revival in the church where we're walking with him and sensitive to him. You know, a couple just told me they've been praying for me. And my wife said, boy, we need prayer. And God prompted Jeff and Jenny to pray for us. And I was so grateful. It's like, yes, that's, that's revival right there. That's revival. You know, what God's doing with you, Daniel and Susan. God's bringing, this is like a subtle, like a step-by-step. You know, you, you guys got married. And your mom and dad died. And you got this sweetheart who loves you so much. He just keeps nuzzling you in church and making out with you in church. It's just so good. You just needed that, Phil. You needed that, Phil. We're, you know, I'm so proud of you, brother. I asked Phil to pray for me because he's anointed. I love Phil. Kingston loves Phil, right? Yeah, I love Phil. And uh, everybody say, yeah, I love Phil too. Yeah, I go to, he, you still work at Caldy? So I, I, we went into the one on Damun, which if you mispronounced it, it sounds like demon. And... Uh, Oh, we love Phil. Yeah, Phil this or Phil that. It's like, he's, he's got a good report in his company. 
And I, you know, his mom and dad are in heaven now. And it's like, it's, it, it's you know, kind of a, puts Phil at a bit of a disadvantage because he's young and he's the only child. But yet he has the advantage. Jesus said, it is to your advantage that I go away because I'm going to send the helper, the comforter, the standby, right? You moms and dads, you could pray when you see your kids going into left field. You could pray for people that wing out and you're going to see it. And to see people all of a sudden drop smart moves and go crazy running off into things. And you're just going to have to believe God that God will deliver them from stupid decisions. Right? Come on, let's all stand up on our feet. This is good. God's helping us. So, Raquel, you've got your sons. They've been going to school and training. And um, you, you send, ask God to send laborers to cross their path. Right? You know, you got them in a solid church and, and they're good, they're good young men. And you know, your son that challenged me to do a pull-up contest, I prayed and he slacked off his practice. So now I feel good about it. I could still beat him. I was really glad about that. And, um, but I'm glad that God will answer your prayers. I'm glad that we can, we can, we have the Holy Spirit. We know the master's voice. Remember the RCA Victor logo of that dog named Nipper? that had that white dog with a black spot and he and he was leaning into the gramophone uh, horn and it, the underneath it said his master's voice remember that those who are led by the spirit of god they are the sons of god we actually can know and hear the subtle promptings of the holy spirit you guys at work instead of just strictly leaning on the methodologies you develop you can go and say okay now lord i trust you to show me uh, you've got veto power here, man. I, 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 this is what I think is a good idea. Uh, but in, in, unless you give me a flashing yellow light or a red light, I'm going to proceed. But I'm trusting you to help me. I'm not just going to hurl headlong into a bunch of stupid. And you guys that are pseudo-sophisticated and quasi-intellectual, don't just lean on your own thinking. Get, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Get reactivated in a hunger. Make a power shift right now toward this supernatural provision. Paul said, man, I, I'm not going to do the methodology I tried in Athens. It did that in Athens. It, I, you know, I tried to, to, to reach them in a certain way. Well, I'm going to do it differently in Corinth. David, he said, I beat the Philistines this way, but God, every time I, I'm not on autopilot. I've got to hear from God and I'm going to make the right decisions, right? This is going to help all of us in work, in relationships, even at play, where we go to a restaurant. God led us in a restaurant. This lady was facing a serious uh, uh, surgery uh, where her spinal cord was uh, being, uh, there, there was a spur in there that was threatening to hurt her and she could have gone paralyzed. And so she's just panicked. And so she's having some Mexican food uh, because she knows she's not gonna have any at the rest at the uh, hospital. And, and, and we're the only people in the restaurant. And God set it up for me to lay hands on her and pray for her. And God just did it. And she said, I feel comforted now. God help me. And I led her to the Lord. She got saved. In fact, God showed me. She's not saved, get her saved. So that, that's more important than the surgery, right? Say this with me. Thank you, Jesus, for leading me by the Holy Spirit. Sensitize me to not just rely on my own understanding, but to follow the Holy Spirit. I am trusting God that I will be sensitized to his voice. I will not override it. I will follow it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great day.